0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. And we are setting the table for the San Francisco 49ers in week 13 and reacting to the news that the Dolphins all of a sudden have another primetime game in 2022. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We don't just say it; we live it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I am a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, clearly a uh, uh, the, the co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, and very thankful that you guys are making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. So today on the show, we had some news that came through yesterday in regards to the Dolphins' schedule and looking ahead. This might not be the Only time this happens between now and the end of the year. Uh, We are going to switch gears from a focus perspective and talk about San Francisco and specifically want to talk about ways in which the Dolphins can acknowledge and account for the presence of Nick Bosa in the absence of of Teron Armstead, who we are expecting will miss several weeks with a grade-two-peck strain, which is unfortunate timing for the Dolphins with the schedule coming up the way that it is with these three challenging games, two on the West Coast and then, of course, up in uh, Western New York against the Bills, is what it is. Next man up mentality, and, and that's what I'm hoping we can spend a little bit of time here on today talking about ways to do that. But before we go anywhere, we should acknowledge the big scheduling change that happened. Uh, the NFL flexed out a Chiefs-Broncos Sunday night football game in week 14 and put in Dolphins-Chargers. So that was, as a West Coast game, presumably going to be a 4 o'clock kick, just like Dolphins 49ers will be a 4 o'clock kick this weekend. That is now Sunday night football. This is the second time this season the Dolphins will have played in Sunday night football. And since flex scheduling... Has come into play for the Dolphins or for for the NFL in 2006 with Sunday Night Football. This is the first time the Dolphins have been flexed into a primetime slot on Sunday Night Football. Usually, it's the Dolphins getting flexed out of primetime slots. So the Dolphins will, at worst, be eight and four going into this game, potentially being nine and three. If they are nine and three, they are have guaranteed they will be, uh, at least in first place in the AFC East with a win against the 49ers for another week, and. At minimum, one game behind the Kansas City Chiefs for the one seed in the AFC. I mean, that, that's, at worst, you're 8-4. and four, And you're a game behind the Bills, a half a game behind the Bills for first place in the AFC East going into next weekend, regardless of what happens anywhere else. And we're going to find out what happens with the Bills soon. They play the Patriots on Thursday night. Now, Bills offense has been, been allowed of sync. Very fascinated to see how they find their rhythm going against New England and there's a lot to get into, but for the Dolphins specifically, uh, the fact that we have these back-to-back West coasts, uh, four o'clock this weekend, we get the extra prime time game. Of course, it's Herbert versus Tua. So just mentally prepare yourself for the narratives that are going to build and come out of, uh, the buildup to Sunday night football that weekend. It's a very exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. Um, expectations are high. The Dolphins are in the limelight. There's a chance, you know, that the first time the Dolphins played in primetime this year was Thursday night on the road at the end of that four game gauntlet against uh, playoff contenders against Cincinnati. Of course, Tua suffers the head injury and misses time and a lot of um, a lot of negativity coming out of that appearance for the Dolphins. And then the next primetime game was Tua's return, the Sunday night football game against the Steelers. And they moved the ball like hot knife through butter through the first quarter, but they only ended up scoring 16 points and the whole uh, almost interceptions thing that came out of that. So it would be really nice to have Miami come out, execute, play at a high level, win a football game and uh, have the have the narrative around the team be positive. You know, the, the Dolphins last Sunday night football appearance, they moved to four and three, but it was, yeah, but like the Dolphins didn't play that game with three healthy corners and and weren't dealing with, Reacclimating a quarterback to the starting lineup. That's my hope. Uh, but of course, we have to take care of the San Francisco 49ers this week first, and that's a little bit more of a tall task th- than what it may have been otherwise. Uh, already a tough challenge, given how well San Francisco is playing. They are 7-4. and four. They are in first place in the NFC West, um, because you're, you're presumably going into this game without Toronto Armstead. So one of the things that I did is I went back through a course that I had enrolled in that I would highly recommend for anybody who's just a fan of the game and wants to learn more about it. And it's from the QB school, JTO Sullivan. And it is a pass protection course online. It's very extensive, goes through how each blocking man surface works, how you uh, tether concepts to kinds of protections and how to identify who needs to block who and how your hots work as far as identifying when you don't have enough blockers to account for pressure threats and All that stuff. And one of the things that he talked about was game wreckers in in the course. And I'm not going to go too far into the specifics of the course uh, because I I would love anybody who's interested in learning more about it to actually support JT and and what he's put together. But uh, just took some notes down as far as ways that you can, and, and then supplemented this with my own knowledge, ways that you can slow down, a game wrecker on the edge, which I think you're going to have to have a very specific plan. You're going to have to have a very specific approach for Bosa on any given play. And then that's going to put more stress on the rest of your guys. It's going to put more stress on your receivers. If you're keeping extra bodies into block and in protection, the receivers are going to have to definitively win because there's going to be less threats and less spacing of the field. Unless you find ways to wink, wink, uh, implement your speed and still create simultaneous stretch and threat. Um, it's going to put more stress on your other offensive linemen. You're going to be locking more on an island. Oh, Robert Jones need a better performance than what we got from uh, the second half against the Texans because San Francisco's, they got some dudes all along the front. And uh, oh, it, it, it's, it's going to put more stress on the quarterback to be more definitive with his decision making. It's going to put more stress on the play caller to make sure that we're calling the right kinds of plays and we're not exposing ourselves to uh, extended holding of the ball in the pocket and then potentially in- incurring negative plays. It all sews together, right? If there's no simple one person answer. It's not oh, we'll just Greg Little's going to have to play back. Well, yeah, that would help too, but I don't think you can realistically expect to go through 60 minutes with whether it's Austin Jackson with his ankle injury or Greg Little or Brandon Shell, like however you get there. I don't think it's realistic to expect that person to just take on Nick Bosa for 60 minutes. So I want to outline a couple different ways uh, that make sense for the Dolphins to do that. And that includes running the ball, right? Uh, it's one thing the Dolphins didn't have a lot of success with against Houston. You could tell they came out and they wanted to be aggressive. They called a lot of vertical stretch. They called a lot of shot plays against Tampa, Two uh, and, and they wanted to be aggressive and move the ball. Well, I, I think this is the kind of matchup that, especially assuming Raheem Mostert is back and in play for the Dolphins, it makes a lot of sense to run the ball at that player. You know, challenge him, but if you run the ball at him, you know, this is a, a kind of sl- dying a slow death, if you will, where you break him down over the course of 60 minutes. Well, you're not going to run the ball at him and hit explosive plays because Nick Bosa is a really good run defender. But if you run the ball at him over the course of 60 minutes, your third and fives and third and sixes are no longer going to have the same explosive get off because I got to stay honest that they might run the ball at me. And if I get too far field and I get washed out, I'm out of the play. Now there's going to be a big play. You can also widen the edge against a pass rusher like this by putting an extra body over on that side. Uh, you can go tight bunches and expose that player to the threat of a crack block down against him to seal the edge. Uh, But if it's a tight end, you know, he, he may have to play outside gap, in which case he may have to play an extra two yards outside. And that two yards outside of width might be enough to dictate and get you a little bit of extra room for your quarterback to execute a timely decision in the pocket. There's other ways that we can do this, too. I'm going to talk about all of them, but not before we talk about our friend's Over at Turo, Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. You can book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eyes on. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we are sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now, wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level by giving football fans a look inside the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, former pros from across the league and gets real about what happens both on the field and behind the scenes. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football, available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. So catch the full Block Forever series, available anywhere you get your podcast, available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. Screen game. Something we haven't seen too much of. Now, the Dolphins did rear up on third and long against Houston early in the second half and hit a perimeter screen. Um, run screen option. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about the RPO game for the Dolphins, and you're reading the end man on the line of scrimmage, and if you're reading off of Bosa, uh, you can force him to be wrong. If he stays wide, you're going to give the ball in the run game. If he collapses down, you're going to pull the ball and try and throw it, but Bosa's athletic enough that he can flash and redirect it and probably influence both components. So I like changing instead of running that glance with a wheel and a flat on the same side of the formation, which is a Dolphins money play. I expect they'll run a lot in this game, especially with how often the the 49ers are, are playing zone coverage and the Dolphins receiving the lowest incidence of any team in the NFL of man coverage in general this season, just because of the speed that they have. What I think could be an interesting new layer for this week is instead of just the RPO, run-pass option, running a little bit more run-screen option, quick throws to the flat, especially they're going to play quarters. 49ers are going to play quarters where these corners are soft, outside leverage. They're, they're going to sit at 8 yards of depth, and the safeties are sitting at 12 to 15, and you're going to have that deep shell. Run some quick hitters to the perimeter. You don't know, give these dynamic athletes in space. And then as you use the quarterback, you have a very definitive decision. Do I have free access? Yes or no? If I have free access, ball's out quick. Get to the perimeter. And if Joey is going to make a play, make him peel off of his rush track and run 15 yards downfield to tackle a wide receiver in space. Let him make an impact in the game that way. And then, of course, play action passing. Uh, Miami, uh... <laughs> I think you can boot, I think you can run the naked game where you where you have the rollouts and and stuff. I wouldn't feel great about running them to Bosa's side, but it is something that that can work, especially when you consider the Dolphins in their wide zone play action passing. You can do a lot of full slide protection. So you're protecting an inside gap from an offensive tackle versus we're gonna gap it, and you're gonna be responsible for Bosa one-on-one. And the guard is going to be responsible for the defensive tackle 101. Well, if everybody steps left and everybody flows to Bosa's side, you're naturally building in a little extra bumper on the inside to protect the tackle. Those kinds of run actions can, can you know, especially when you run the ball at Nick Bosa, can force him to just take the extra split second and no longer be this game wrecker freak of an athlete that we know that he is. So th- there's. There's plenty of different ways that you can assemble and take all of these components together and put it inside what the dolphins do and say, okay, this is how we're going to get through this game without Teron Armstead and account for Nick Bosa. Now you, you have to be mindful of some other personnel for San Francisco and what they offer in this game. I know Eric Armstead has been banged up for them and, but if he's available to play, He's a dynamic player. I I think the Dolphins are well-equipped to handle Javon Kinlaw, but Samson Ekubon, the other pass rusher, is a good player. I mean, they've got some disruptive guys inside. Kevin Givens is a fun player, kind of of a disruptive interior defensive guy. Um, Hassan Ridgeway is no slouch. Kerry Hyder is a reasonable pass rushing type on the inside. That front, they, they run deep. So you have all these menus to account for Bosa, but then just know like Brandon Shell, Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, Robert Jones, you guys are going to have to show up big time to take care of business in your one-on-one situations uh, because you, you can scheme it up all you want to account for one player, but if you lose the rest across the board, it's not going to help. Now, I do think the 49ers defensive front in its entirety it has, has a... a Marginal advantage over the Dolphins with the names that we mentioned. But I can't help but look at this 49ers team and, and at least ask myself, okay, who, who are the 49ers? Right? People are going to talk about this game being a big litmus test for Tua Tungvaloa. And, and sure, you know, uh, in all but two games this season, the 49ers have conceded 19 points or less. They gave up 28 to the Falcons. The Falcons ran the ball for 168 yards, but only had 289 yards of offense. They just didn't turn the ball over. And then the Chiefs put 44 on them. Every other game, 19 against Chicago in the rain. They lost that game, by the way. Seven to Seattle. Seattle turned the ball over three times in that game. Rushed for 36 yards. The Broncos, 11. They lost that game, by the way. The Rams, nine. The Panthers, 15. Falcons and Chiefs, back-to-back weeks. Losses to drop the team to three and four. And they've won four straight. They beat the Rams again, uh, the ghost of the LA Rams. Uh, The Chargers coming out of the bye, 22-16. The Arizona Cardinals, 38-10, without Kyler Murray. And the New Orleans Saints with Andy Dalton and a whole bunch of nothing at wide receiver. So I look at who the 49ers are, there's no doubt this defense is extremely talented. This this is a defense that, you know, thrives with athletic players, Talanoa Hofunga at safety and, and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Nick Bosa, just on the defensive side of the ball alone. You know, they play a lot of zone, they're, they're quarters and, and cover three heavy team. They've conceded nine touchdowns, but logged nine interceptions this season, this 49ers passing defense. It's worth acknowledging, statistically speaking, this is a huge challenge, but it's also worth acknowledging they're a team that's played the Bears, the Broncos, the Rams twice, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Cardinals without Kyler Murray, and the New Orleans Saints. I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to come in here and steamroll the 49ers, but I am saying this is just as much a litmus test for the 49ers as it is a litmus test for the, the Miami Dolphins. Statistically speaking, you're not going to find a lot of holes in this resume for this 49ers defense. They're conceding 3.3 yards per carry this season. It's impressive. And it, what the, the way that they're able to accomplish that is just the instinctual play of the linebackers on the second level. They cover so much ground. But that's why, you know, when we we talked on the bye week, we said what teams and defensively are engineered and constructed in the right kind of way to challenge the Dolphins. We talked about having athletic, middle-of-the-field defenders that can cover an egregious amount of ground. How do you mitigate those guys? Well, it's some of the same ways that we talked about in trying to mitigate Bosa. Play action passing, run screen option. Trying to influence and pull those guys out and then use the explosive speed Other receivers that you have, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a lot of same-side reps for Waddle and and Hill in this contest. I think that's the way that you can create the kind of stretch that you want uh, with perhaps using less bodies to go out and release because you're probably going to use a little bit more seven-man protection without Armstead than than you normally would. And the Dolphins, I mean, they've run a reasonable amount of empty protections and just go five-man this season with the speed and space you out, and they're going to nickel and dime you in. I don't think this is going to be a game that you're going to hit a lot of explosive plays, uh, but I do think this is this is the chess match. This, this is 20 to 17. Uh, who makes the big mistake? And there's a whole conversation we had about um, the recipe for success in the game, but just wanted to kind of set the table on who the 49ers are. And we have some addi- uh, additional metrics that we're going to cover here. Uh, for the Dolphins and this contest against the 49ers. But before we do, these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for you and your small businesses. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster. And for free, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word to are hiring. And with simple tools like training questions, it is easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So San Francisco, averaging four and a half yards a carry. Uh, They are very much a diverse group, but but here's where it does get interesting. They've logged 1,368 rushing yards on 310 attempts to this point in the year. 10 rushing touchdowns. Their leading rusher for the season is still Jeff Wilson. 468 yards, and he was traded at the trade deadline to the Miami Dolphins. And Jeff Wilson has actually, fun fact, logged more rushing touchdowns as a member of the Dolphins than he has as a member of the 49ers, three versus two. The second leading rusher is Christian McCaffrey, who's played five games for the 49ers since he was traded from Carolina. Uh, 58 rushes for 241 yards and two touchdowns, 4.2 yards per carry. That is the second leading rusher of the team. Of the four players on the 49ers roster or who were on the 49ers roster who have rushed for over 200 yards. McCaffrey has the lowest yards per attempt. Elijah Mitchell, 40 attempts for 224 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. He's out knee injury. And then Debo Samuel, 33 attempts for 202 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, In addition to his role as a pass catcher with over 500 yards receiving Debo Samuel is the leading uh, yards from scrimmage player for the 49ers 713. Yo, DeBo 713, Ayuk 659, Jeff Wilson third, 559 again has not played there for 3 weeks, 4 weeks. Uh, and then you have George Kittle with 450 and Christian McCaffrey at 443. So they're they're balanced, right? But I do think it is interesting that this team invested what they invested in Christian McCaffrey. And you look up, and Christian McCaffrey is not performing to the level of productivity that either Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson provided this team. And Elijah Mitchell's now out. So you, you, you're probably looking at third-round pick Ty Davis-Price to be a significant contributor. Uh, he's rushed the ball 16 times for 37 yards, 2.3 yards per 10 this season. The Dolphins inside of structure run plays. Now, the 49ers are going to test you in different ways because there's a lot more misdirection. There's a lot more eye candy. It's not just going to line up and run the ball inside zone in the middle. So tackling is going to be paramount. And, and Tevin Coleman might be the guy that elevates as well. But he's also averaging 2.2 yards per carry on the season. 12 attempts, 26 yards. But I think you, you have a chance to force this game into the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. We've talked about the 49ers resume defensively, offensively, Jimmy Garoppolo, six and three as a starter, 67% completion. He's averaging 238 yards a game. Uh, He's got a a 5.3 sack percentage, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. But Trey Lance started the first two games. It was relatively uneventful. They scored 10 points against the Bears and lost in the rain. And then Lance got hurt the following week. If you can force Jimmy Garoppolo, to make plays within the pocket and work through his progressions. That is the number one pathway defensively for the Dolphins, I think, to winning this football game. Because the accuracy wanes. He will hold the ball a long time. He will make some poor decisions in the grasp. He will make some poor decisions trying to throw into coverage. He almost threw an interception in the red zone against the Saints last week uh, with the trying to throw with timing and anticipation. It's just not a strength. It's just not a strength. So if you could force Jimmy to go through his progressions and take away the primary progression, I think that's that's the recipe for getting the negative plays that you need because this has not been a 49ers team that has been immune to turnovers. They have three games this year in which they've turned the ball over three times. Now I mentioned four interceptions only for Jimmy Garoppolo, so I get it. But one of those games was the Chiefs. And the Chiefs hung 529 yards of offense on them, And the Chiefs. Dropped 30 points in the second half. It was 14-13 at halftime. And then we were off to the races. Chiefs touchdown, 49ers field goal. Chiefs touchdown. Now it's 28-16. And from there you press. You start taking L's. I think this is, this is not the game that you can afford to give the ball to San Francisco on the opening kick, give up a touchdown on the opening possession, Punt, give the ball back, give up a field goal, and then try and chase the game from 10-0 down. Uh, it's, that's just not, not the pathway you're going to want to win this football game. If I won the toss, I'd probably take the ball in this game. Try to set the tone. Your opening scripts have been pretty crisp. You've shown a lot of ability to move the ball early on. I would try to take advantage of it. But that's just me. And there's a lot more to get into, and we're going to get into that with Crossover Thursday uh, with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers tomorrow. So you have that to look forward to. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Thanks for checking out the show. Fins up. Make it a great day. Talk to you all again tomorrow.